Hey, 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 this is Kara Payton with The Happiness Habit. I do not have any catchy starter phrases or anything like that developed yet, but messy, massive action is better than none. So this is my first ever podcast recording, and we are going to dive right in. I also am starting, I'm not going to have uh, guests for a little while, I'm just going to try to get a general sense of what uh, what you guys want to hear most often, and then I'll pick my speakers and uh, get started with interviews and conversations that you recognize in most podcasts today. But uh, for today, I am very happy that this is starting right now. I know a lot of people right now in the throes of homeschooling and now getting into the fall habit with weather coming and all of this stuff, as well as everything that's been going on in the year of 2020. This will be, I'm hoping this will be hilarious to look back on. (laughs) So um one of the main things that I wanted to start with as far as happiness is is to dive into a lot of the preconceived, uh, we'll say misconception about happiness because happiness that I've learned in direct experience and with some of the most wise people that I've come across is I'm shocked to have found and to have learned that happiness is not something fleeting that happens to you. Happiness was an emotion, I thought. It was very much a uh, come-and-go, fleeting thing that happened to you. You felt happy when... uh, And joy, I associated joy with something that was a little bit more of a permanent uh, thing. My time spent abroad and traveling, especially in uh, Japan and China, as well as Korea... I thought that the spiritual association with joy being something that's an undertow, something that's kind of unconditional to the things that are happening around you, and that happiness was something uh, almost shallow and uh, very conditional to the weather and to relationships and to current status and to even your physical body and how you feel, Uh, and was very surprised to learn that you know, whatever way you want to slice each individual thing as far as a spiritual level, whether it's a joy that you're seeking or happiness that you're seeking, I camped them both in the same thing when I was happiness. I want happiness. Everybody wants to be happy. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty resounding truth. I feel like for everybody in their life, anybody that I've stopped through this journey and asked, you know, what do you want in life? The main response that I've always gotten the resounding thing it wasn't about money it wasn't about relationships it wasn't about really honestly it wasn't even about health or um, geographical anything or a successful ladder climb or status that they could change it was I just want to be happy I just want to be happy and I think at the end of the day we do know that inherently there is an unconditional nature to that feeling. We just want to be happy. We don't care where, we don't care how, we don't care how much money's in the bank, we don't care how many friends we're associated with, we don't care, you know, what we're going to be buried with as far as, you know, <laughs> boats and houses and and the financial tickers that go, you know, everybody's life is not going to um consist of the same types of uh advantages, but everybody just wants to be happy. And so That led my journey and why I am here speaking to you today. Uh, So happiness, to make it a habit, the habit by definition is an acquired behavior, a pattern regularly followed until until it has become involuntary. 
It's a customary practice. It's a dominant or prevailing structure or tendency. Uh, dominant and prevailing, I, I want to focus on that a little bit because dominant doesn't necessarily, for all those that are like, I'm just not a very happy person, I want to encourage you to not necessarily seek that you know, you will only seek happiness and anything else you feel is um, invalid or something to be attacked or um, removed from your life. It's not. Happiness is a habit. The habit is just the dominant or prevailing structure. So um, take heart for those that think that this is going to be a lot harder than it is. This is just about creating it as your emotional home and not necessarily something, you know, it's not a vacation home. I'm basically just trying to transplant the idea that happiness is not your vacation home every so often that you escape to when the conditions are favorable. This is just the place that you choose to move to. Uh, This is from your emotional vacation home to your actual living home. And we don't like every room in our house. We don't like every person in our house. And so just happiness, if you're thinking about it as an emotional home, just understand that that does not mean you have to, it has to be a home that only consists of happiness. You're going to have days where other emotions and things, you know, take over and it's just a matter of bounce back. The predominant prevailing structure tendency your tendency just needs to be how quickly do you return and how much time do you spend in each camp so um with that said let's break down what causes someone to go from just a temporary emotion to a personal uh, personal here we go take we're talking talking live not editing it out uh personality so an emotional temporary thing so an occurrence, you have a bad day. Somebody says something to you, it really irks you and takes you off balance and it puts you in an emotion, right? So somebody, you know, you come across somebody and say, hey, what's, you know, what's up with you? It's just like, ah, just this thing happened an hour ago and I, I haven't shaken it. It's still bothering me. Well, okay, fine. But that you take that and it puts you in a mood. And for that mood, for the day, you know, you extend it. If you don't take hold of it and you don't return back to and take charge and and cooperate in a process that that aligns you back with the way you want to feel and choosing that that pattern choosing to return back to where your home is and where your chosen state is of beauty once you where you want to be then it becomes this this mood and if you stay in this mood you know, this uh, a breakup. This breakups are a great example. Something that just kind of consistently lingers from day to day to day to day. And then it becomes an emotional home. And so this is kind of your new emotional place. It becomes a mood or a demeanor that just kind of... So now it's like, well, what happened to you? Uh, you know, I, I went through a breakup three months ago or six months ago or something. And I've just... I'm not I'm not really been myself. I'm not really... Uh, um, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just a phase of life. It's just a thing. And then you notice they kind of take things with them. People that go through multiple things, it's how we change. It's how we evolve, but it's not always in a positive way. So fast forward, you know, what's up with you? Well, you know, five years ago, I went through some things, you know, I had a breakup and moved out of my house, lost my job, got a job, didn't like it, went through, you know, this, that, and the other economy crashed or, you know, I, gained a bunch of weight and not really taking care of myself. And that becomes your personality. And personality is really nothing more. It's not not changeable. I 
I will shake my fist at anybody who sits there and tries to say personality. You somebody can't change. You can't change who you are. You know, once a liar, always a liar. Once a cheat, always a cheat. Once this, once that, always that. That is absolutely not the case. But with that said, it does require a lot of co-creation in that process and a lot of focus and a lot of intention. You can't just decide, I want to just up and turn a new leaf without carefully and repeatedly carving out that new path. So your personal reality is that's what a personality is. It's just nothing more than what you deem in yourself and in your characteristics and in your mannerisms and in your relationships and how you show up in the world. That's your personality. You decide you want to show up in a different way. We have we have uh, new relationships or children or life changes or moves or experiences that change our personal reality and therefore change our personality. So your personality is ever evolving and ever changing. And there are so many conditions to that that can affect it. So when we're talking about that type of thing, when it comes to you, what are, say, the three things that you think to yourself daily? Is there like a predominant or resounding message that you find yourself constantly returning to or constantly repeating yourself on a day-to-day basis? Mine used to be uh, for something that, say, positive happened. So say we're talking about trying to create happiness in our day-to-day lives. Mine was when something happened that was positive to me. It was this isn't real. That was a huge one. This isn't real. Uh, this isn't this isn't for me. Uh, this isn't something that I can rely on or count on. And then, this is too good to be true. If it was positive, uh, I wouldn't believe in it. This is kind of the same piggybacks on the this isn't real. This is too good for me. This is too good for my life. This won't last because it's mine. And so therefore I can't count on it. Another one was I can't keep this up. Uh, I won't be able to maintain. It's kind of an I'm not good enough. So I have to compensate for inferiority. Those are the three things I told myself all the time. This isn't real. Uh, I can't keep this up. I can't sustain this. This isn't for me. And I'm not good enough, so I'll have to compensate all the time and work my ass off for inferiority. So find out and identify. I would make your first challenge to identify the three things that you tell yourself on a day-to-day basis. And then what could you assume about someone who thinks these three things predominantly? If you're, even just to break down mine, this isn't real, it's too good to be true, I can't keep this up, I'm not good enough, so I have to compensate for inferiority, that person is very, very, very insecure. That person does not allow good things to happen to them. That person probably misses a lot of opportunities focusing on the negative. Uh, That person is probably very downtrodden with every single and does not celebrate victories, does not give himself any credit, does not accept compliments, um, is awkward, you know, with receiving uh, probably doesn't have a lot of close relationships because she pushes people away. Um, there, there's quite a few assumptions I could draw. So what type of assumptions could you make based on the three things that you repeat to yourself? And is that, is that what you want? I, I had to identify those back in 2016 and the, hell no, that is, no, that was awful. That was my block. That was why I was stopping things from coming to me, stopping good things and positive things from coming to me. So with that said, what would you want three things? Something, what would you want your habit to be? What would you want to be able to, so for example, what I replaced it with was just affirmations on a day-to-day basis. It just kind of started flowing. It didn't, it wasn't limited to three things. It was just 
things are constantly working out for me. Everything is flowing to me. I come up with amazing and creative answers effortlessly. Money flows to me. Relationship flows. Good, amazing people are always being connect with, connected with. I'm always in the right place at the right time. I'm always having uh, brilliant ideas and being in the right place at the right time. I have good luck. I, I am fortunate wherever I go and things like that. You just go on a rant and just what would these easy, effortless, flowing things that you could tell yourself in a habitual, uh, in a habitual uh, place. And, um, what could you assume from a person like that? A person like that, they, they walk on clouds. They have, everything works out for them. They don't have to worry about anything. If it's resistance, they drop it. If it's not, they focus on it and they hone in on it. They climb and they're rewarded for their climb. They're rewarded for their efforts. They give love and receive love uh, they give money and receive money. Everything's just kind of, they're in a general alignment with the universe and they're effortlessly flowing. And that's what I wanted to see in myself. So that I would say a habitual undertow thought process underneath you is one of going to be the, one of the biggest fences that you're, you can stare at that if you examine that enough, that'll kick out so much of your day-to-day life. Uh, as far as like where you trip yourself up and where you get so stressed out and where happiness seems to just elude you, when you identify the fact that it eludes you because it passes by a gate that you have slammed and locked shut for so long that it can't even make its way to you. So even the happiness moments that you have are fleeting because you're just like, no, you know what? I'm going to slap this through the gate and kind of touch and mingle with it a little bit. I feel my happiness, my tiny little rush, but I'm going to let it pass by because you know what? I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. These things don't really happen to me. And if they do, they don't stay all that kind of, all that garbage. We play in ourselves. We have this mean ass inside of our brains that wants to keep us protected because our brain is not designed to make us happy. Our brain will never be designed to make us happy. It's designed to make us survive. And so vulnerability, intimacy, closeness, happiness, joy, uh, just emotions that um, are not necessarily going to save your life. Your brain is not interested in preserving at all. So it will, do you remember the last time you felt this way? And then he left you. Walk away. Hey, do you remember the last time this felt good? Yeah, the next day you got fired. Don't accept this. Sabotage this. Ruin it. <laughs> and uh, it's it's sad. It's It's really aggravating when you really identify that there's so many things that are working against you that you know you don't want. But once you get a tackle on those and you can pinpoint and identify, that is absolutely the key thing. So um, happiness, to talk about what it really is, we know what it's not. Um, Happiness is alignment. It's your frequency, your general energy of your day, your emotional home, your body, your mind, everything is, it's raised. And when you have a high frequency and a high vibe, you know, you've heard that before, good vibes, high vibes, that's nothing more than just kind of raising your home of where you stay to a frequency where you can receive guidance and response from God. And you kind of have these, this communal, you have that communication with the universe and this, you know, kind of ebb and flow where if you do come across a a place where you're not necessarily sure how, where to navigate, you you feel it. And then it comes, you feel it first. You have to feel your solutions. You have to feel your love. You have to feel your success. You have to feel your abundance. It comes and it's based on the law of attraction where you will definitely, you will return to that. And uh, that's, that's kind of what, um, where that stems from. So moving along, 
you don't, when, when that occurs, when you work on you first, not your conditions, when you work on this, this energy and your and your emotional home and the script that you're constantly feeding on loop to yourself on a day-to-day -day basis, you won't have to follow along with the circumstances. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. It's not sustainable. It's not something you can live your life based upon. You do not have the makeup that is designed for such a a dependent reliance on your outer circumstances, not how you're built. You were not from, you were not created from this earth, by this earth, etc. There's no way that somebody that is, is as unique and as limitless and as profoundly complex that you were sent here, you were, you're here now, and your day-to-day, -day, how you feel, is reliant on all the little stupid infinitesimally minuscule crap that happens to you on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, I had a good day today. And so my ever-loving soul feels good for 10 minutes. It's just, it doesn't make sense. So when you can start to separate, you can feel good when shit's going awry. And because it's, your source is not here. Your energy source, your connection, your life force is not down here in whether or not you swiped left on the right guy or uh, swiped right. Is it swipe left or swipe right? I think it's swipe right. If you like them, swipe left. If you don't, uh, I'm not sure. And um, whether or not you got that raise that you were thinking of or whether or not you know the party went as, as you planned. And so if, if that stuff's not working, how you anticipated or how you met your expectations, you can define happiness in a way where it's easy to achieve and that it has to take you a lot of curveballs and trials and failures to even knock down your emotional home because you've already built this energetic strength that is not conditional whatsoever. So another thing that you can do in these conditional, like trying to situate yourself to where you're less movable by good circumstances or bad circumstances is to ask yourself when you are faced with some sort of pivotal pressure or moment is what else could this mean? What else could this mean? So for example, I have the immense pleasure. Had to pause there for a minute. Um, so I was explaining that uh, I've recently had the pleasure of having to grapple with what it's going to mean being a business owner while I am remote teaching my children. I have three children, three different ages, three different schools, and uh, three different teachers, three different schedules. Um, and it's it was kind of dropped in our lap. We didn't find out until six days ago, so less than a week. Uh, we had to, in this entire time, we had this uh, kind of the back of our mind. We were hoping and anticipating that we would start school again, in person, full-time, kind of go back to normal. It was, you know, fairly, I guess, arrogant, we'll say, <laughs> to assume that it would go from such hard lockdowns and guidelines and barriers and everything to just everybody going back to school. But... I digress. We did. We actually, we did think that that's what was going to happen. So we had to kind of deal with this entire 180 flip of our expectations not being met and being disappointed. And I've, I've got to say definitely, I, oh my God, what am I going to do? My, I mean, 
my high schooler might be really self-sustainable. I won't have to do much, but if he does need my help, I don't know high school math, science, social studies, whatever he's going to need my help with. And so I'm going to basically be useless to him. And then my younger two, one of them may need a lot of supervision because he gets frustrated when things, you know, kind of come off the hinges. Um, but he won't necessarily, once it's, if it's flowing, it, he'll be fine. My younger one will need handholding, attention, supervision, emotional support, and guidance. The whole, the whole works. And so I just, I watched my career in my mind just explode, <laughs> just, just completely implode. It's not going to happen. I am going to be shuffling in my bathrobes on the street because I'm just going to have to homeschool my kids and not, I won't be able to do anything else besides that. I'm going to have to stay to when they're gone out of the house and I have finally five minutes to myself to do anything that's work-related that needs my focus and attention. And I lost sight of my co-creation question, which is what else could this mean? What else could this mean? I did it so well when we were in the lockdown. I was like, this will never happen again. This opportunity to be with my children this much will never happen again. I have fast growing children that feel like they grow faster every single year. They just, all of a sudden we have adult teeth and we are riding bikes and we are, our voices are changing and they're taller than me and all of this stuff that's going on when I'm, when they're at school, I don't get to catch up with them on such an emotional level and figure out how they're doing and hear from them on, on such a concentrated level. They're, it's very logistics. It's very, uh, small talk. It's very surface level. You know, Hey, how was your day? Fine. Did you have fun? What'd you learn? Blah, blah, blah. What happened? It's just kind of like the, give me the synopsis of your day. And now because of all of this in 2020, I don't get the synopsis. I get to watch the movie in its entirety unfold. And I wouldn't have seen that had I not been willing to step back and say, what else could this mean? Instead of being, oh my God, we're at home for so long. We're losing touch with everyone. The world is going crazy. What is all? I had an opportunity and I took it. What else could this mean? This means I'm not tethered to a schedule anymore. My children and I, we can go, we can travel. We can go all over. We can sleep in. We can camp outside in the backyard on a weekday when we were supposed to be at school. We can take off for massive road trips and not come back anytime soon because we don't have anything keeping us here. There's nothing we have to do. There's no obligations. There's no practice times and deadlines and schedules and this, that, and the other that we have to abide by. We're free. And so I took it instead of the opposite of freedom, just this like, oh my gosh, we're, we're in hell. We're in a cage in our home. It is freedom. It's exactly that. If you, all you had to do is change the meaning. It's exactly freedom. It's the ultimate freedom. It's not, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about anything, but you know, where the wind will take us today. And so I had to do, I had to kind of put on the same hat when this came around. Okay. What does this mean? More remote learning. It means no, the kids are not going to get any social time. It's it. They're back to kind of not seeing their friends. They're back to kind of this weird place of sitting behind a screen and learning this way. But again, they're not tethered. We could do this on the road. And they're, it's not that they're not going to get any social time. I can make social time happen. We can arrange it. It's just not going to be through the school. And the school, they're busy anyway. It's not like it's quality social time. It's just the general checking off the boxes of being around other people. So 
you got to change the meaning. If you don't like it, either change the circumstances or change the meaning. And you're free both ways. Both ways is the exact same freedom. So that all to say, as far as maintaining it, one of the biggest things and most helpful things that I could I could offer you is that especially in 2020 when everybody seems to be in a trial, everybody seems to be suffering, everybody seems to be in some different place in opposition of the next person and you feel this way, okay, well then that means I feel the other way and just this mismatchy, guilt-tripped, just very contaminated emotional world we live in right now. Let me let me offer you a favor right now. You owe nothing to the world to lower your vibration to that of everybody else. There is no emotional contract that you have to anyone. If there there are people out there that are hurting, that are, and I'm not glorifying it saying, well, you know, hell with them. Help, yeah, help people. Be be a part of their their raise, their ascension, but you don't have to go into the muck to do that. If somebody's lost their job, damn it, that sucks. Is there anything I can do for you? Is there some place is or not? You you still don't owe anything to anyone to lower your vibration to compensate for the fact that you are doing well. This whole it's not humility. There's no nobility in in mutual misery. There's absolutely nothing you have to gain for nobility or spiritual growth or anything by you throwing yourselves to the thralls of all the people who either didn't prepare their finances, didn't prepare their schedules, didn't prepare their, their, didn't take care of them, their health. And now they're in the throes of some three week cough that's kicking their ass. It's not your job to contaminate your soul and your emotional home and your mind and your well-being taking on all of this weight of the world this is not a selfish what's good for me is good for me and i'm going to take it and go you can be a part of the world and a part of the solutions and a part of the the sympathy and the expression of love and support and all of that while also remaining where you stand if you are on a higher level than others emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, whatever. You do not have to. There is nothing about your emotion and your support and your love and your well-being and your thoughts and your shared shared sympathies that requires you to now join them. So do yourself a favor. Feel good. Feel good. You are not under any contract to feel like shit to match the world. There's so much of what you're doing to block yourself by thinking there is some sort of emotional contract. You do not get it. You don't, the things that you want, the things that are out of your reach, the happiness, the emotions, the relationship, the success, the finances, whatever. You don't get it not because you don't want it. Like if, you, if you're not getting where you want to be, you don't not get it because you, you don't have the desire. You don't have the, the want. It's there. You know it. You can feel it. You can feel the absence of it. You only don't get it because you're not a vibrational match to it. You have to raise that shit to match up to it. It's almost like if it were sitting in this, you know, ethereal, picture yourself like a Mario. It's up on the block. It's up on the box. You're not going to sit there on the lower level and expect it to just like fall on in your lap. You have to go up to it. You have to go get it. You have to raise yourself to receive it. You have to raise yourself in on a, on a non-physical 
completely ethereal energetic level to receive. Our problems are not, do not have anything to do with not wanting it enough. It has everything to do with not being willing to receive it and not being ready to receive it. So that does mean in a lot of ways, you don't have to neglect what feels bad and what you have to do and your obligations and the grinding and the things that are not necessarily all positive. You don't have to neglect it. I mean, there's, there's things we all have to do that, you know, I do not love when a bill comes in the mail, but it has to be done, but you can minimize it. Minimize the time it takes to do those things. Minimize the focus and the energy and the emotion that you put into it. If you take something that's relatively small, say, you know, a text message that rubs you, rubs you wrong or you know, something that's a conversation at work that didn't exactly, or a kid that got super stressed out and, and slammed off into his room because this remote thing is kind of crazy. Um, you don't have to let it take over your whole day. That's even a rule in press. Don't let one day news become two day news. Same with your emotions. Don't let one day, one moment emotions become your whole freaking day. Minimize them. Move on. Focus on what feels good. Amplify that. Amplify what feels good. Drag it out. Exaggerate the hell out of it. Magnify it. Celebrate it. Pull it up to the forefront of your mind and minimize the shit that goes bad. You, with those things, uh, recognizing what your emotional home is, creating the conscious intention of what you want it to be, ever so moving toward it, realizing that it's as simple as alignment, as simple as creating your emotional home, leaving, yeah, I I don't want to say leaving out what feels bad, but minimizing it, amplifying what feels good. Because if you'll notice, lower vibrations maintain and lower. A low vibration will always maintain itself and lower itself. Ever notice how when you get out of bed and you have a bad day, it sustains, it just keeps staying bad or it gets worse? You ever notice that? It's like, oh God, I stubbed my toe out of bed. Those, the stub your toe out of bed days, those days are the shit. Those are just terrible. But on the same token, a high vibration day sustains itself and raises. So a good day always gets better. You wake up bounce in your step, good day gets better. It's the same thing. So a low vibration keeps going lower, a high vibration keeps going higher. Because at you allow it at that point. You allow the bad things to happen to you, you allow the good things to happen to you. It's just kind of a matter of surrender. No happiness will come without choosing it, but you also, it won't sustain with your outer circumstances. So it's just this It's just this, it's really all about, it's within you. This all happens within you. Unhappiness only occurs when the knowingness of your inner being is challenged by a thought that creates resistance. And if you stay there and you magnify it, boom, you're unhappy, period. So all that to say, as I'm kind of wrapping up, because I'd love these to stay about a half hour each. I don't want to drag on. Be happy because it's who you are, not because you found something to make you that way. It's the same difference as creating health as opposed to preventing disease. You're creating a happy human, not chasing an outward happiness. I hope that helps. 
I will be doing this as often as I can. I'm hoping that it would I would get up to once a week, but for now it's probably going to be once every couple weeks while I create and gather questions from people, feedback, thoughts, things that they want to, okay, happiness, but what about in relationships? Happiness uh, created as a habit, but how do I, how, how does that come off as a practice? And so I will be talking about meditation very soon as well. Um, until then, Good luck creating a happiness habit. I am here for you guys, and I will be available. Pretty um, website, Instagram, TikTok, all of it's all of it's there. So I look forward to it, um, and we'll see you next time.